Welcome to the Slow the Fuck Down Show. I'm sensuality coach Casey Hall. And I'm drama healer Elizabeth Menzel. We're here to help you find the silver lining and slowing the fuck down throughout the pandemic and beyond. Let's do this. On today's episode, slow the fuck down with being hard on yourself. Welcome and thank you for being part of our conversation. By the end of the show, you'll walk away with practical skills that actually work. And this isn't just a podcast where we're talking at you. This is your chance to have a positive experience of actually slowing down. So take a deep breath, let your body relax, and soak in this soothing support. While sheltering in place, your outside distractions were less so you could hear your thoughts more. Maybe you noticed that some of those thoughts weren't so nice. Yeah, Casey and I are no strangers to how being hard on yourself can hold you back and bring you down and make your life, well, hard. We've had decades of helping our clients move forward, feel uplifted, and make their life easier. So if you are someone who's being hard on yourself, we dedicate today's show to you. So we took a Facebook poll, an Instagram poll, and we asked who out there found themselves being extra hard on themselves lately, and we got 100% Yes. <laughs> well, that's not a surprise, is it? <laughs> I mean, nope. Studies show that women criticize themselves a minimum of eight times a day. 40% admit that they start before 9.30 in the morning. <laughs> I know, it's ridiculous how hard everyone is on themselves. Hey, Casey, I just thought of a fun game. How mm. about you set a timer for 30 seconds and we list all of the ways that we can think of that people are hard on themselves. Let's do it. Ready? All right, go. Judging your appearance. Not asking for help. Skipping meals. Getting underpaid. Not taking bathroom breaks. (laughs) Wearing uncomfortable clothes. (laughs) Comparing yourself to people on social media. Oh yeah, impossible to do lists. Not having enough downtime. Calling yourself names when you make a mistake. Ooh, I got a good one. Binging on Netflix. Yes. Staying in a job that you hate. Being single. Who's saying yes when you mean no? Regretting things you didn't do before the pandemic. Ooh, shooting on yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Not sanitizing enough for COVID. Feeling exhausted, but staying up late just to do one more thing. Sanitizing too much for COVID. (laughs) Working when you're sick. And feeling bad for feeling bad. (laughs) What'd we do? We did great. (laughs) So many ways people are hard on themselves. (laughs) Oh, man. The ways in which we're hard on ourselves. I used to be really hard on myself, so um, I'm happy that we're talking about this today. Ah, me too. I was really hard on myself. What's your story? Um, I was hardwired to be hard on myself from a very young age, from age eight to 12. I was on the path to be a little Olympic gymnast. Wow. Yeah. And we, we did a style of gymnastics called compulsory. Oh, that sounds terrible. It (laughs) really was. Um, And it's basically everybody's taught the exact same routine and whoever does it the best gets the highest score. Mm. So the goal is to do everything perfect, and whoever is the most perfect wins. Oh, no pressure for little kids or anything like that. No. no. Um, and it was intense. You know, we went to the gym six days a week, two hours a day, four hours on the weekends. Mm-hmm. 
And um, you just kind of learn that there was this one standard and, and that was to be perfect and anything less than that is not enough. Sends you up, sets you up for a, a lifetime of uh, painful beliefs. Yeah, and, and so there was that layer. And then the other layer was I had a coach who was a huge bully. Mm. And he would often call me stupid whenever I messed up a skill or was learning a new skill. Mm. So not only was I hard on myself because of this perfectionist expectation, but I also had this fear of looking stupid. So thankfully, my amazing parents pulled me out of that gym when I was 12. Um, but my inner critic was so already super developed. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's many years of, of being bullied and berated like that. Yeah, it, it, it really was. And so I ended up doing as many things as humanly possible. Every club, all the sports to the highest levels. Um, and it was amazing, but under the surface, there was always this standard of needing to be perfect and a constant fear of looking dumb. So when I was about 18, I was super overwhelmed and burnt out and I ended up quitting soccer. I got a little soccer scholarship and I ended up quitting that. And one of the things that I noticed when I did that is all of a sudden my life went from being super full and going a million miles per hour of sports to stopping. Wow. So you had a big slowdown. <laughs> I had a giant slowdown. Yeah. And similar to what we said in the beginning, the outside distractions mm -hmm. that were always there, just constantly being busy and having the super full schedule um, were gone. Yeah. And I was actually able to hear my thoughts for the first time. What did they sound like? Um, well, that's when I noticed that I had a super mean inner critic. <laughs> and she'd been essentially di dictating and running my life. And when I really had time to focus in and, and realize that, I realized it was affecting my relationships, my self-worth, my sensuality, my ability to really be successful. Um, and I'm so thankful for that slowdown and for that moment of reflection because recognizing that inner critic mm -hmm. um, really helped move my motivation from fear of not being um, smart enough or not being perfect to motivation that comes from joy. Oh, that is a nice change. <laughs> yeah of joy and, and genuinely doing things because I'm wanting to do them. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. What a shift. Yeah. It, it, it felt like a, a pretty big shift. Um, and that, that theme of not enoughness mm -hmm. shifted a lot into what it is now, which, and it did not shift overnight. It's not like I was like, Ooh, I have an inner critic and now my life's amazing. <laughs> you know, and we're talking like 15 years of, of doing work, which is why, you know, I have so much passion and excitement about this topic because I really know that I, um, I can help people because I've been through it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's no doubt that I'm a better healer because of how much hardship I've been through. I have endless empathy and compassion for my clients. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm so glad you went through it and came out the other side. Hey, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. yeah. Oh, what about you? Oh, Lord. My origin story of being hard on myself, um, I think really it comes from um, 
when I was little, like four or five years old, I have a super clear memory. Um, my dad lived uh, in another city because he was doing his residency as a doctor. And um, my mom stopped telling me that he was going to be coming home on the weekends. He would come home like one or two weekends a month. But she stopped telling me because I would have panic attacks because I was so scared of my father. Mm. And I was scared of him because he was a bully, like your coach. He was just a total freaking bully. Um, he teased my brother and I. He shamed us. Um, anything I said, I felt like was an opportunity for him to show me how stupid and wrong I was. And I was little, you know, I was like a four and five year old kids. So I just turned that voice inwards, you know, like mm. all those mean things he said I would say about myself. And I remember this time when I ran through the dining room and I, I, my arm hit the sugar bowl that was on the sideboard and it shattered on the floor. And I ran to the corner and I dropped to my knees. I grabbed my little white uh, poodle, <laughs> Peppy, and I just sat in the corner crying to my dog until he was soaked. And I talked to my mom about that when I was an adult. And she said, yeah, you know, I never had to punish you as a kid because you always just punished yourself. Mm -hmm. So I just was... I brought, brought myself up then and became my own abuser, right? Like my, my, my mom and dad split up and my dad was gone most of the time. I only had to see him every few months or so. Um, but I kept the abuse alive within myself. And as a teenager, I remember saying to my brother, like, I don't, I don't understand why dad hates me so much. And he was like, he doesn't hate you. You just don't exist. Mm -hmm. Which that sounds horrible, yeah. but when I heard him say it, it was also a relief in a way because not existing was in, more comforting than him hating me. I know that sounds awful, but it was true because I always had this message in my head that sounded like, um, stay invisible, stay safe, stay invisible, stay safe. And that, that not existing made sense then mm -hmm. to me. And so I, that whole thing carried through throughout my life, like, you know, uh, make myself quiet to stay safe, make myself small to stay safe, try to be perfect. Like I was always trying to be perfect. So my dad would love me. That kept up, like try to be perfect, to be um, safe um, and to get love from others. Um, and that, I mean, that continued, God, I might remember being an adult and having uh, four jobs while I put myself through school. Mm. And I rarely had a whole day off because I was working day and night jobs. So <laughs> I remember I had Tuesday nights off. Wow. That was it. And in 10 years, I did not take a vacation. 10 years? Yeah. So that internalized voice, like you said, the inner critic, um, uh, was very alive and well into my 40s. And that is after a decade of therapy and a lot of healings. I really had to, to cultivate some very specific skills to help myself get over being that hard on myself. Exactly. And, and, you know, one thing that your story demonstrates that I see a lot with my clients, and I know you do as well, is this experience of some type of external outer world thing, setting the expectation of being very hard on ourselves through criticizing or bullying. And then us, after we start to grow up and become older, we internalize it and we become our own bullies. That was a huge aha moment. And I wanting to presence that too, because I think it's one of those things that you don't realize until you slow down. Yeah. You can start thinking 
um, uh, you can start thinking less and being present with your thoughts and realizing, oh yeah, wow, there's this subconscious thing that is just constantly playing and I didn't realize it was there. Yeah. In fact, I remember a very specific moment that happened three and a half years ago and my background voice used to sound like, <laughs> um, oh my God, I can't believe you did that. You're so stupid. You're such an idiot. You're never going to get it right. And that kind of voice was just always going, right? Three and a half years ago, I noticed my background voice was saying, it's okay. It's okay, Liz. You'll get it next time. You're doing great. You know what? You're doing the best you can, honey. Mm. And that's when I realized that, that I had really like slowed down enough and done enough work to shift that internalized voice to be a positive supporting voice that lifted me up instead of a cruel mean voice that put, tore me down and it's like people think and i'm sure as a gymnast like you had this too and, and as an athlete they think that uh being mean to yourself is going to motivate you and i'm just like how the fuck is that working for you because it didn't work for me right, <laughs> right? tearing you down does not build you up Building you up builds you up. Being supportive builds you up. Being soothing and comforting yourself builds you up. Yes. And it creates a sense of ease. Yes. Yes. Ease. It's, it's this amazing thing. I, honest to God, can say of my hundreds of clients, I have had to help every single one to be easy on themselves instead of being hard on themselves. And they find it hard to be easy on themselves. They have a lot of resistance to that one. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, it's because it's not practiced as much. Right. Right. You know, if your brain is, is constantly looking out for ways to try to keep you safe, it's paying more attention to the thoughts that could hurt you. So they get louder. You know, that's part of it, like the neuroscience of being hard on yourself. And neuroscience also says that it takes five positive thoughts just to neutralize one negative thought. So you need six or more positive thoughts to even start to have things get easier and feel better. Mm, that's going to play nicely to our skills later. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. <laughs> You know, I remember um, a story that my godchild told me, um, and it was came to me at such a great time. She's like 15 years old, but her whole childhood, she was a ballerina, and she had worked so hard to go to Russian ballet school. And then one day, she quits, gets on a train, goes home. And I was living in Belgium at the time, and I called her, and I was like, honey, what's going on? And she said, you know what? I just realized that I wanted to learn in a kind atmosphere not in a mean one. And I was in this hard relationship. And I was like, I had this belief that I had to put up with the meanness and the abuse that was going on. So again, so that I could perfect myself to be like this perfect bodhisattva woman that was ultimately compassionate. And then I was just like, no, wait, I don't need to learn in this mean atmosphere. I could learn in a kind relationship. And I'm very happy to report <laughs> that I've been in a very <laughs> kind relationship for 12 years. <laughs> and I have made that shift for myself. Don't worry, slow down fans. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but honestly, out of the mouths of babes, right? This 15 year old girl gave me a little uh, two by four upside my head yes. about 
being easy on myself and learning in a safer space. Beautiful. And it's, we're able to learn more when we are in a place of being kinder to ourselves. Right. And with this extra stress of the pandemic on everybody, everyone gets stuck in a loop of stress and of being harder on themselves. It kind of just happens automatically. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when you have this habit of bullying yourself, it's like the mind just finds the next tool of torture in line that will work to get you and put you down. So you have to go to the root. You have to you have to work on transforming the habit of being hard on yourself into a habit of being easier on yourself. I mean, doesn't that sound like a nicer habit to have? <laughs> Absolutely. And speaking of roots, I think it's time for our commercial break. Woo, let's have a word from our sponsor, shall we? Hi, everyone. It's me, Mother Nature. I'm happy to provide enough for all of your needs, but I'll stop short at providing for all of your greed. Choose wisely. Mother Nature throwing down. <laughs> she's, she's a little salty, man. <laughs> she is. She's getting salty. Salty and sassy. I love it. Yeah, I, I can bind salty and sassy right there. Now we're going to go into skills to make your day easier and make you easier on yourself. What have you got for us, Casey? Oh, yes. So um, this is one that I have been doing every morning since the pandemic, and it's, it's huge. So I shared in you know, my story earlier about this belief that comes from, you know, I'm, I'm not enough when we're super hard on ourselves. And so one of the ways we can rewire our thinking is when we get up in the morning, first thing, you say to yourself, I am enough. And you say it one time for every year you've been on the earth. Ooh, I love that. And that goes well with the neuroscience of having to have a positive thing said over and over so many more times than the negative thing. That's great. Yes. And I think of it too as um, if you do this right away, you're getting out in front of your thoughts, ahead of your thoughts. We think between 60 and 80,000 thoughts a day. And so doing this in the beginning is a lot more effective to changing that neural pathway than it gets harder as the day goes on. Fan-freaking-tastic. I love it. I, before I even open my eyes, I say to myself in the morning, I love and accept myself exactly as I am. Mm. And I will be honest that I notice my day goes better when I start my day that way, but I'm going to start saying it a bunch more times. <laughs> I don't know if I can say it 54 times, but <laughs> say it a bunch more times. Well, I always say you do it for every year you've been on the earth because the odds of you receiving more conditioning are greater the longer you're on. <laughs> right. That's so true. The yeah. older you are, the more conditioning you have, the more you need to rewire, the, the more times you need to say the positive thing to rewire your brain. That exactly. Makes total sense. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Well, the skill I want to share today, I learned um, at the Louise Hay uh, teacher training certification 20 years ago. RIP Louise Hay. We mm. love you. Um, and she calls this your should to could exercise, which is every time you are saying should, have to, ought to, must, you're forcing yourself, um, you're forcing upon yourself a belief that may not be resonant with your highest good, who you truly are, 
or your deepest honesty. So she says, when you find yourself saying any of those should, have to, ought to, say could instead. Just replace should with could and see how that goes. So you can share with us how that goes on our Facebook page because that is a really empowering exercise. Yes. And another thing we'd love to share with you is a skill that I call um, the affirmation train. I don't know why I just came up with that. Um, if you're an Abraham Hicks fan, they call it the rampage of appreciation. And to do it for specifically to shift from that habit of being hard on yourself to being easy on yourself, it could sound a little something like this. Oh, I'm so grateful that I'm easy on myself. I'm learning how to become easy on myself. Getting easy on myself becomes easier and easier for me every day. I love how easy on myself I am. I love being easy on myself. I love being easy on myself. It's easy to be easy on myself. Oh, I'm getting so good at being easy on myself. Being easy on myself is easy. I'm so grateful I can be easy on myself. I love being easy on myself. So bringing in gratitude and love really amps you up. It amps up your energy. Because when you're doing this work with creating new neural pathways, we've already said how you have to have that minimum six to one ratio, but also you want to bring in your energy and your love and your excitement and your positivity. And I could feel that. Could you feel that, Casey? Yes. And I love when you do this exercise because it literally feels like I can feel my body go to this contraction, like, oh no, I can't be easy. And then as you go on, it's just like the whole thing softens. And mm. that's the idea. It becomes easier and easier to take it in. Right. Right. Because you're also having a brainwave shift. I can feel the brainwave shift when I'm doing it. So um, please use the morning skill, the should to could exercise, and the affirmation train to help you make your day easier and you easier on yourself. And a little extra thing that we want to invite you to do is to find a photo of your little self when you were a kid. Some photo that really speaks to you. And we would love for you to look at that photo and think, how could you possibly be hard on that little girl or boy? And we, Casey and I, are going to post our photos on our Facebook page so you can see them there. I have a very sassy one that just lifts me and makes me be easy on myself. And I'm sure, Casey, you're going to be able to find one too. So we would love to see your little self photos so you can be easier on yourself. Yay. And um, so those are a, a bunch of skills. And the reason that we give those out is so that you can try them on. And if you like the skills and you're wanting to take things deeper, um, Elizabeth and I are here to help you. And if you are interested in talking to either one of us, you can go and set up a consultation with each of us on our website, sowthefdownshow.com. And we'll be more than happy to help you out. Yes. So now for our slow down playlist. My slow down song for this week is called El Hadra. And we used to listen to this in Barbara Brennan's school um, to get us into a, sort of a trance state before we did our weekly rituals and our ceremonies on Friday nights. Now, this is a challenge because I cannot find this song. I have looked and looked and looked and different El Hadra songs have come up, but not 
this El Hadra song. So to all of you New Age music fans out there and all you healers, you might have it. It's a beige path with a red square in the middle with an ohm inside there. And I would love for you to post a link to it or tell me how I can get this El Hadra song. It is a total groove. I miss it. I love it. What's your slowdown song, Casey? I'm going to be so excited when someone posts that and you find it. Yeah, I'll be super jazzed about it. Um, so my slowdown song is Resilient by Rising Appalachia. Mm, yeah, they're yes, resilient. They're a sister group. And I really, oh gosh, it's just, whenever you hear them together, it's just like takes you to another place. And so every time I hear them, I just go, oh, and you can slow down, slow down. I love it. Well, um, I asked my cadre of rock star friends to, to uh, give us their slowdown playlist. And so this week's slowdown song is from John Langford of the Mekons. And his favorite slowdown song is Richard Dawson's The Vile Stuff. And it is 14 minutes of noise that somehow John, in his infinite wisdom and magic, finds soothing for him. And there is a bit of a groove to it. We listen to it, and it, there is something there. I get how even though it's discordant and wild, it can also help you slow down. So we always want to bring you all varied and different kinds of slow down songs so that you will always be able to find a cool song that will help you slow down. Yay! 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 We did it! We did our second podcast! <laughs> <laughs> what was your favorite part of today's show, Elizabeth? Oh, my favorite part of today's show. Oh my gosh. Um, let me feel into it. I think, um, honestly, I really actually loved hearing your story, even though it was really painful. Um, I think it gave people a really clear idea of how that outside voice turns in. And I just, I just appreciate that you shared that with us. Thank you. My favorite part was, and I just felt into it, it's interesting, the thing that popped up was um, your support in creating this podcast. Oh, honey. Yeah. Yeah. Or in, in this, this particular episode, being hard on myself is something that I've dealt with for 15 years. And 15. Oh, you've, been, you've dealt with transforming, transforming it for 15, it years. For 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> Just dealing kidding. With it for longer than that, girl. <laughs> Here we go with the age thing again. I'm only 15. <laughs> I haven't been doing my yoga this time. But yeah, I've been transforming it for 15 years. And even coming up with this um, content today was challenging. And your support and the way that you show up and the way that uh, we've co created this, it just means so much to me. So that's my favorite part. Oh, honey, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. On our next episode, slow the fuck down with criticizing the hell out of the people you live with. <laughs> so tune in because that one's going to be about three hours. Yeah, you're going to have to eat a big <laughs> meal before that one. <laughs> we might be here all day. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you for tuning in. Be easy with yourself and enjoy your slowdown. Bye. Bye. Do you have a slowdown story? Submit it with the hashtag MySlowdown on our Facebook page, Slow the F Down Show.